0: This is Positively Farming Media. One of the things that makes this podcast so special is our listeners' stories, your stories. And to make sharing your story easy, you can leave it on our voicemail at 401-426-FARM, which is 401-426-3276. This quarter, we're looking for your farm stories about your farming firsts, our favorite mistress to bless and curse no matter the season, which is, of course, mother nature, and stories about planning farm projects or winging it. But really, we will take all of your farm stories because we'll be able to build future episodes around them, which will just be so much fun. That number again is 401-426-FARM, which is 401-426-3276.
1: We farm
2: things, we
0: drink and farm Oh, hey there. Welcome to We Drink and We Farm Things. I'm Bev, one of the co hosts of this wonderful podcast. My co host, Sam, is still taking a much needed and much deserved break. So you just have me today. Well, actually, you don't just have me today. We have a really special episode in store for you. And I'll tell you all about that in a second. But first, I wanted to tell you that our drink peeps this episode are our friends Natalie Quist and Katie Montgomery, so I wanted to be sure and tell them, cheers, ladies. (laughs) All right, now let me tell you what we're going to be doing today. Today, I asked three of my podcasting friends to join me and tell me about their farming first. So let me tell you who we've got today. First, we're going to hear from Ashley, and she is from A Little Self-Reliant, and Ashley is a first-generation homesteader. She's in Alberta, Canada, and with her husband, she gardens and raises chickens, goats, rabbits, and bees, and she preserves as much food as she can on three acres. Ashley's goal is to inspire others to do what they can where they're at, and she does that through her podcast, A Little Self-Reliant. Next, we're going to hear from Karen, and Karen is the host of Just Grow Something. She is a market farmer that is on a mission to teach people how to grow their own food no matter where they garden. She grows fruits and vegetables and raises pork and eggs with her husband on 40 acres in West Central Missouri. And like I said, she is the host of Just Grow Something podcast. And we'll also hear from Erica from the Rural Mindset podcast. Now, Erica is a personal development and proactive mental wellness specialist, helping you to reclaim your life, conquer your goals, and find peace in the process. She received her Bachelor's of Science in Neuroscience, Psychology and Kinesiology. (laughs) She also has a Bachelor's of Education with great distinction in Science Education and Community Health. She's also a certified personal trainer, so she basically does a lot of stuff, (laughs) as well as a certified mindfulness instructor, mental health, and psychological first aider, and she is a certified sexual health teacher. And Erica is the host of the Rural Mindset Podcast. So on this special episode, I asked each of our guests a fun farming first question, and they really just went above and beyond answering and sharing their experience and their stories. And I think you guys are really going to enjoy them. So let's get to it. Oh, hey there, Ashley, with a little self-reliant podcast.
1: Oh, hey there, Bev. How are you today? I'm doing fantastic. What about yourself? I'm doing really great.
0: Oh, good. I'm so glad to hear that. Well, thank you so much for joining me for this Farming First episode. And I have a question that I would like to ask you for this one. I would like to know what inspired you to start your farm and start your home setting journey that you are on.
1: Okay. Well, that is quite a question, but I can actually bring it back to this one specific event in the winter slash spring of 2016. And I live in Canada. I live in Alberta, Canada, where it is extremely cold and we have very long, very dark, depressing winters. And in the fall of 2015, I had actually lost my dad. So my dad had passed away and that was obviously a very like traumatic and difficult thing to go through. And by the time I had made it through that winter, I was still in a pretty dark space, pretty depressed, having a really hard time kind of finding purpose in my days and all that kind of stuff. So I went where I usually go when I'm sad, which is our local bookstore (laughs) and it's called Indigo here in Canada, but I think it's kind of similar to like Barnes and Noble in the States. And they have those little like impulse areas where they sell just like random little kitschy home things. And I saw a microgreen kit. <laughs> and I was like, that's really interesting because it's the middle of March and I'm depressed and it's dark out. And you're telling me I can grow something on my windowsill? Like, that's really cool. And at this point, I had never grown anything in my life. So I brought home that little microgreen kit and planted them and spritzed it with water and put it in front of the window. And as soon as those little shoots started to come out of the soil, I was absolutely. and it was just like a snowball from there.
0: Oh my gosh. I love that so much. So microgreens was the start of your growing.
1: (laughs) It all started with (laughs) microgreens. Yes.
0: (laughs) That's a really great place to start actually, because it's like one of those instant sort of gratification kinds of things, which we're normally kind of programmed to not go for. But when you're in a place where you're processing grief and, you know, you're trying to get yourself to the next, like what the next new normal is going to be, that's exactly what you need to get like that dopamine boost and feel like, all right, now I can do this. Now I can do something else. So you started with microgreens. Did you do anything else inside
1: Oh yes. Yeah. So that weekend, this happened on a Friday after work. And I remember my husband was away that weekend. So I was left unattended with my hyper fixation. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I planted the microgreens. I like sprayed them down and then I just like stared at them and I was like, okay, obviously nothing's going to happen tonight. So like, what else can I do? And so I just like tossed myself in full bore. Like I was looking at podcasts and blogs. And I had never considered growing a food garden before. I had always loved the idea. I had loved walking through the garden center in the spring, but I had always thought, oh, that's not for me. I have a black thumb or whatever. But I was just so excited about the prospect of growing these microgreens that I started researching, okay, what would it look like to have like a little garden? And at the time we were living in a little townhouse in the city, we had very little space to grow. We had no garden to speak of. We didn't even have grass in the yard yet. Like it was a brand new build. But by the time my poor sweet husband came home the next morning, (laughs) I was like, okay, here's a plan. Like, we're going to do this, 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 you're going to build me garden boxes. We're going to grow this, this, this. And one day we're going to have chickens. And he was just like, Oh my God, woman, like (laughs) settle down. But yeah, from there, I started a little Instagram page called townhouse homestead. And for, I think it was four years or maybe it was three years, three or four years, we grew as much food as we possibly could in that little area. We started preserving. We started shopping at the farmer's market. We started getting our eggs from somebody nearby. And that eventually led to us moving out to this little three-acre homestead that we live on now.
0: That's so amazing. It's it's a good reminder to everyone that you can start literally wherever you are with what you have. Absolutely. Which is, you know, basically everything that you talk about on your podcast.
1: Yes, absolutely. That is my passion is really opening people's minds to what they can do. Instead of being in that place where they're like, oh, it would be so cool to have a homestead, but I can't because I'm in the city or I'm in an apartment or my town doesn't allow chickens or whatever it is, right? There is always something, usually multiple things that people can do if they get a little bit creative.
0: Oh, I love it so much. So where can listeners find you on the social medias and where can they listen to your podcast?
1: My podcast should be available pretty much on any platform. It's called A Little Self-Reliant. And I hang out mostly on Instagram. I have two different accounts. My first one is called Dirty Paws Homestead. And that's where I share most of my just like day-to-day homesteading stuff. And then I share more practical tips and podcast and blog-related stuff at a little self-reliant on Instagram.
0: Oh, I love it. Thank you so much for joining me. I so appreciate it.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Oh, hey there, Karen from Just Grow Something Podcast.
1: There, Bev.
3: How are you, my friend?
1: <laughs>
0: I'm doing fantastic. What about you?
3: I am doing fantastic as well. It is it is hot, <laughs> and there's a lot of harvesting going on in the gardens, but that is why we do this, right? It's it, That's a good thing, for sure.
0: Yep, it is. It is definitely a good thing. <laughs> so today, we're talking about farming firsts, and I had a question to ask you, Karen. And I... Would like to know what was your first farm sale, and how did it make you feel?
3: I had a very unusual first farm sale because, oh, yeah, yeah. When we started our farm, it was just it was just for us. It was our little homestead, you know, and and had all of our menagerie of animals that we had been building up and the gardens and everything else. And I thought, you know, okay, well, maybe I can make some money from this. And let's just make this, you know, this garden into something more. And I came up, you know, after researching with the concept of a community supported agriculture program. And so we said, okay, we're gonna do a CSA. Had not sold a single thing off the farm prior to that. Oh (laughs) my gosh. Literally had just been gardening for ourselves. And my brilliant brain said, oh, well, we've done so well doing this for ourselves, why not sell it to somebody, but not sell, I mean, had never gone to a farmer's market to sell n- nothing, nothing. So I had to find a way to market and sell this new CSA concept that, you know, that we were trying out and we had decided we were going to do 15 shares. And so I found an online site called Local Harvest, it's localharvest.org, it's still around and you can use that that to go and find people local to you that are selling different things and i listed our csa shares on local harvest and thought okay you know let's let's see how this goes because you know we're in west central missouri and back this was back in 2007 when i had decided to do this and we would be you know selling them for the 2008 season and the idea was okay you're going to pay for something in the fall And you're not getting anything out of it until I start harvesting out of the gardens in the spring. Nobody out here was doing that. That was an East Coast, West Coast thing. The Midwest had no idea what a CSA was. So not only did I have to find a way to sell that, I had to explain it, too. Like, this is what we're doing. Yes, I'm taking all your money now. No, you don't know me from Adam. (laughs) But trust me, I'm going to give you something out of it, you know. So we listed those shares and just sort of waited to see what happened and i described it really well as to what it was going to be and what i thought you might get and the first email that i got that came from local harvest that said you know so and so has you know has purchased this item out of your store i i couldn't believe it i was floored like i knew it was a good idea and i knew that i could garden and i knew i could do all this stuff but somebody else actually thought that I could do it too. <laughs> and it was somebody I didn't know that just happened to find me online, you know? And so the feeling was just like, it was amazement. It was shock. <laughs> it, it was reality also of, oh, now <laughs> I got to do something with this. Yep. Because we sold all 15 of those shares within the first, I think, month of it being listed out there we were sold out. And so that was, I think I listed them in maybe October of 2007 and they weren't going to get anything until May of 2008 and all 15 of them got sold. So those that was my very first farm sale was a concept. <laughs> and that was, that was it, you know, <laughs> and they actually didn't get the product until six months later, which was, which was phenomenal.
0: Yeah, that is so amazing. So, you went straight from nothing to a commitment of a specific amount of produce and variety on a schedule
3: <laughs> i do not recommend that to anybody i would never tell anybody to do that that way but yeah that's that's what we did i thought okay well and and my thought was well they're sharing in the risk and the reward of of this, you know, farming venture. And you know, I that's why I only committed to 15 of them. Oh yeah. And didn't sell tell them exactly what they were going to be getting. It was going to go, well, you'll get this number of things every week based on what we're harvesting at the time. So it was vague enough where I was comfortable in going, all right, I can grow enough variety to be able to fill them with something and not have it all be just a giant box of arugula and that's what they get for three weeks. You know?
0: <laughs> that's what they would have gotten from me. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it was, it was a little daring. It was, it's not something that i recommend doing to anybody, but we got lucky and it worked. So, yeah.
0: Well, do you feel like though, that because you started out, you know, big like that, that it may have inspired you to show up that way. You know, people were relying on you and you had already taken their money and you had a guaranteed, you know, customer base. So do you feel like maybe going big like that for your very first thing helps like catapult you to what you're doing now?
3: You know, I think so. I think absolutely. I think I work that way. You know, it's it, it, in, in anything, there has to be some sort of a goal that I'm working towards that is very specific. So that I have to follow this step and this step and this step to get there. So by making the commitment and saying, I now owe these people, you know, they they put their money and their trust in me to provide for them. I have no choice but to get out there in the gardens and make sure that they're weeded and make sure that everything is being trellised and harvested and everything else. Because the idea was we were going to grow specifically for csa and then if there was extra then we would go ahead and sell it at the farmers markets so we had decided that our pickup point was going to be these different farmers markets in our area again never having sold at a farmer's market before hello <laughs> said yeah if we if we have extra we'll go ahead and sell it and that very quickly also changed because the the moment that you got you know i got there that first day just to, to you know have our people come and pick up their boxes. And then we were also selling our extra that we were sold out so quickly. Like it was, I mean, it was like a plague of locusts came through and just cleared that table off. And we, we spent the other four hours of the market sort of just waiting for people to come and pick up their stuff with an empty table. And I thought, Oh, well, this isn't going to work. You know, we, we definitely have to step up our production and, and now, because now people see us and we're going to be here every single week We can't sit here with an empty table every single week. I have to do something about this. So that spurred even more planting and and more, you know, commitment, whether it was a commitment to myself or a commitment to somebody else to say, okay, yeah, you have no choice. Because if I didn't have that and it had been raining or just horrible weather, I would have probably just sat inside and watched the rain and said, okay, yeah, I'm not going out there today. I don't have to. But I had to. So (laughs) yeah, I think that's a very good point.
0: Oh my gosh. I love it. That's exactly how my brain works as well. I find that if I don't commit myself fully to what it is that I want to do and have another person relying on me, then it's easier to just procrastinate or put it off.
3: Yeah, the, the excuses come a little bit easier if you don't have that, you know, commitment to do something.
0: For sure. And I'm hoping that listeners out there will hear that. And instead of maybe tiptoeing into whatever it is that they're thinking of doing, they just like belly flop right in there.
3: <laughs> I've had many a belly flop. moment. Also. I think the go big or go home thing is part of my DNA. I don't know. And it doesn't and it doesn't always work i will absolutely be the first one to say it doesn't always work and sometimes it is really really messy and it you know but that's okay the messy is good messy is totally good and you learn from the messy and you and you get through it and you and you try again next time or you decide it's not for you Yeah. That's the other thing too. I mean, you can just decide, yeah, this was a great idea and concept. However, you know, execution, little lacking, don't, not, not, not going to go with this, you know, and you change your mind and that's okay too.
0: Oh my gosh, for sure. So where can listeners go listen to your podcast? Just grow something podcast.
3: Thank you for that. It is at, yes. Just grow something You can find all of the episodes and all of the show notes and the articles and stuff that I write out there. But it, just grow something podcast is also on any podcast player that you listen to. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook.
0: Oh my gosh. That is awesome. Well, thank you, Karen. I really appreciate you answering this farming first question.
3: This was fun. I was glad to be here.
0: With Grebly Farms Chicken Feed Fresh Pecks, your flock can enjoy a farm-fresh recipe inspired by foods they naturally love. Instead of using soy or fish, Fresh Pecks Layer Feed is made with sustainably harvested insect protein, vegetables, and whole grains, which keeps your feathered fam happily nourished and egg yolks bright and creamy. And every peck is rich with essential vitamins and minerals for strong feathers and eggshells as well as probiotics to aid in digestion. Not only is Grubly Farms Fresh Packs a great choice for you and your flock, it's earth-friendly too. Every bag recycles 35 pounds of food waste to lighten the load on landfills and reduce the emission of methane gas, and protects 10 pounds of fish from being harvested from our oceans. It's a win all around. Save 25% off your first order of Grubly Farms Fresh Packs and everything else they offer by using code DRINKANDFARM25 at grubblyfarms.com Grubly Farms a superfood for pets, and a superhero for our planet. Oh, hey there, Erica, from the Rural Mindset Podcast. <laughs> oh, hey, Bev, from Drink and Farm. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for joining me today on this special Farming First episode. And today, we're going to talk to you about your first farming fail And victory, because we got to end it on a high note, right? (laughs) So what would you say was the first thing that stood out in your mind as like, oh my God, what am I doing? I clearly did the wrong thing. This is a fail.
2: (laughs) Well, there's many of those. Um, (laughs) I did not grow up on a farm. We were just talking about that. But I unquote, married, not married yet, but married into this farming operation. And I just am very much the type of female who's like, I can do anything. Like I can, I can do it. I got this. You don't need to help me. And my boyfriend, spouse, whatever he is now, and his family are very much like, no, like we'll help you. And like, there's a lot to this. And I'm like, nah, I got this. Like, <laughs> I don't need help. So I actually started with a victory to start my first fail. okay. So I don't drive tractors, obviously, very often, as I don't have a need to as somebody who didn't grow up on a farm. So (laughs) we moved out to our farm site where we are now. So Lucas and I were living in town, and I... His grandma moved out of the house that we are now in. So we're on like one of the more original homestead pieces. And we were going to bring horses out here, specifically my horse, who is, I can see out the window, who just sold. And we were getting everything ready. And we wanted to, this piece of pasture that they're in hadn't really been touched in a long time by anything. And so the grass was pretty high horses are very sensitive, right, to the different sugar content and grass and stuff. So we wanted to mow it down a little bit and not founder horses. And I was like, okay, I got this. And Lucas is like, do you want to mow with the big tractor? And I was like, yeah, (laughs) I can. Absolutely. So I'm mowing away and I'm sitting there and it's a 1980 something open air 180 tractor. So it's like It's a little old and it's been used and abused and it doesn't have brakes. Oh! (laughs) (laughs) Did I get told that this doesn't have brakes? No. Did I get shown how to like shift and where the different things are? Also no. And so Lucas was on the side of this open air tractor and he sets me up and he's like, all you need to do is just go around and mow. You're fine. You shouldn't need to stop. And then when I get back, uh, you should be done. And I'm just going to run and do something quick while you're mowing. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Like, how hard can this possibly be? (laughs) He left me on low multi-power. And I didn't know that because you can't really see what low multi-power is. And, like, I've driven tractors before. I worked for the town of Crossfield. So we drove, like, littler tractors to do different jobs and stuff like that and mow and whatever. So I kind of knew like what the symbols meant, you know, bunny, full bunny mode, full turtle mode, stuff like that. But this one doesn't have bunnies and turtles also. oh no. (laughs) And he left me on low multi-power, which speeds up when you're going downhill. Remember, I don't have brakes. Yep. So we are on basically in a big valley. And so I'm sitting there and I'm just like putzing away, just mowing, listening to some music, enjoying myself, having like a beverage in a Contigo cup. Like it was a good time until the tractor started speeding up. And then I full fledged go through the fence into the garden and I panicked and I ripped out. It wasn't too bad, but I ripped out like quite a few fence posts (laughs) and, you know, ripped out the fence. So then we had to, and then Lucas comes back and he's like, well, what did you do? And he's like, Oh, I accidentally left you on low multi-power, which doesn't have high multi-power. Slows you down going downhill like cruise control. Low multi-power yep. does not. And he's like, oh, I left you on low multi-power. So I went through the fence. So then, B being me, I'm like, no, like, I can handle driving this tractor. Like, I'm going to redeem myself. So I finished mowing. And then, like, the next, I think it was a couple days later, we are pounding posts because Lucas took out our driveway gate posts <laughs> with the trailer. <laughs> This is, yeah. So we're great drivers around here. Um, so he took that out and he's like, okay, you want to redeem yourself, hop on the tractor and pull it forward a little bit. And I'm like, okay, sounds great. Can't see the stickers, right? There's no thing that says that you're going forwards or back. So then I get in, I get on it and I'm like, okay, I'm going to go forward. And I Go flying backwards, jack the post pounder, and almost run over Lucas. And, I'm just like, and he's yelling at me, he's like, just go to the house. You and this tractor, do not get along. And I was like, I don't think we do. Oh my god. He's like, why would you put it in reverse? And why would you put it on so fast? I'm like, First of all, there is no bunny and no turtle. How is one supposed to know? Second of all, there is no gear shifting. Like all the things are rubbed off, so I couldn't tell. Oh my gosh! So that's my probably that tractor, and I, I haven't drove it since. Honestly, I'm a little bit scared. I that's fair. I'm considering redeeming myself if we get some some sun this week, and I know that I will. I will make sure that I am set up for success cuz i can drive it's not i don't think it's a me problem i think it's that the tractor is set up very unfairly
0: <laughs> yeah it it totally sounds like it you know what you could do is you can go get a sticker sheet, like a hilarious sticker sheet with like a bunny and a turtle and then like the R and like the gear numbers, like low, you know, high, all that stuff. And then just stick them on there and throw some like clear coat on it. And then MacGyver you got stickers for a while. With a cricket yeah. or something. Because <laughs> <laughs> that is, that's totally not fair. I was going to tell you on my tractor, you actually hit a different pedal to go backwards. Oh. So it's not the same pedal. Yeah. That's handy. Yeah. It, it was a super handy. Yeah.
2: That's nice. I'm jealous of that a little bit. Yeah. Right. (laughs) So anyway, I'm not allowed to drive the big tractors either because now that this is how it goes, (laughs) I'm like, maybe we should get a new tractor for me, but you know, those cost a few hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, Yeah, just go and buy a new tractor. No big deal. (laughs) I'll just head over to our local dealer and (laughs) grab one. (laughs)
0: well I think we've all been there like not knowing how to use a piece of machinery and just having to go on it and I think that when you are in a situation where there's just like no instructions (laughs) like
2: what else is gonna happen (laughs) right both times yeah Yeah, I know (laughs) We laugh at it now, and I'm like, I'm sorry, I bent the hitch of the post pounder. It's fine, it works still, but you know, there's yeah. little bent, there's dents and bends and broken things everywhere on farms, though.
0: Yeah, oh yeah, that's just the yeah. You, you, buying new farm equipment doesn't matter because it always gets dented or mm. something happens. For me, it's the cow. The cow likes to go scrape himself on it, and then he hits it
2: with a horn, and then he dents something. And I'm just like, yep, I'm new anymore. <laughs> Can I throw an additional story in about denting things? Oh yeah. Yeah, okay. I'd love to hear it. So, I have a 2019 Chevy Silverado. I love it. It was my like first big purchase at a university. I was super jazzed. I had it for about So, I bought it in September and it was like April of 2020, and Lucas's dad was in the side-by-side and he brought a bunch of oil cuz he had just changed the oil in the tractor. So, he brings it down and I have my truck parked in front of the garage like sideways. And he parks the side-by-side in front of it sideways the other way. So they're kind of nose-to-nose. And, you know, your average side-by-sides, you just leave in drive when to idle, right? PSA people don't do that if you have a dog. (laughs) My dog jumps in the side-by-side, sits on the gas pedal, and drives and crashes right into my eight-month-old truck. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) And... He, we have, he had the cattle dog in beside on the seat and she was just sitting in there and she peed everywhere and they were whimpering and it was this whole thing. And so anyways, the running joke is my dog, like if you leave him in a truck or like take him anywhere, he always jumps in the, and like sits in the driver's side. And like every time I'm like, Archer, you can't drive, you're terrible at it. (laughs) <laughs> you're not allowed so there's a dent in my truck and people will be like oh what did you do and I'm like my dog drove into this drove the side by side into it and they're like what and I'm like yeah no you heard me right you did <laughs> and uh so sometimes though if I don't really know people I just tell them it was a casual hit and run style situation so I'm not like lying but I'm not particularly telling the truth either
0: yeah well I mean that's a little hard to explain like my dog Driven
2: to with the side by side for sure. And it was like he hit it, and he did run away. So fair, a hit and run style. I yeah, that's what I say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, yep. Well,
0: well, tell us about your first farm victory because with our fails, like lots of victories come. Also, and I think that when we're not from a farm, especially when we have a farm victory, like it just feels extra satisfying because typically we had to dent brand new trucks and jackknife <laughs> tractors to get there, right?
2: Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm just I'm glad I can laugh now. So... You know, I am a goof, basically, is how I would put this. And my very first farm victory, I wasn't even living here yet. And it was, I think it was just after exams, or there was like a break or something like that in university. And I came up to hang out with Lucas. So think of this as I'm like really not the girlfriend yet. Like I'm the girlfriend, but not, you know, we're not living together. I'm not on the farm. I'm not helping out. And he takes me tagging, which to this very day is a thing that I despise doing. Like it's fun and everything, but I just, I don't really like trying to fight cows. No, they're big. Yeah, right? So he takes me (laughs) tagging and he's like, okay, like you're just going to stay in the back of the side by side and it'll be fine and whatever. And I'm like, okay and so him and his sister go and his dad was hurt at that point he had a concussion from getting bucked off of a horse and so it was kind of like us kids doing a lot of the stuff so his sister and him go and they are tagging they get this calf and they're tagging and they kind of turn around and they're like they didn't even hear like the mama cow like like moo or anything at her calf and and they're kind of turn around and they're like what is happening like she's just There's a bunch of cows there, and they're just standing. I'm sitting there in the back of the side-by-side. I didn't know what to do with the sticks because that's how new I am. And I'm just sitting there dancing and waving, and they're like, distract the cows. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm sitting there dancing and waving the sticks around like, I don't know, I'm supposed to be doing something with a baton. And all these cows are sitting there, and they're looking at me, and they're like, what is this person doing? (laughs) But here's the thing. They looked at me like I had nine heads. Lucas and his sister basically fell over laughing because who does that? And apparently you're supposed to hit the cows with them. That, at this point in time, didn't know. I was like, what is this for? Okay. (laughs) And I was also a little scared of them. And so I'm sitting there and, like, I just started dancing and distracting the cows. Lo and behold, it freaking worked! It worked so good, and they—that is amazing. <laughs> they were like laughing so hard. They're like, "I guess you did your job unconventionally," but yeah, that was probably my first. Like, it sounds really goofy, but I call that a success because I think a lot of the times people want us to be successful in a conventional way, and that to me just shows that there's many ways to be successful on a yeah. farm. Got the job done. It didn't have to be done. I didn't get out of the side by side and I d- distracted the cows. So, win win. That
0: works perfectly. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Well, and more on that too. Like, people like to see you have victories in a conventional way because it helps reinforce their conventional ideas right but when you can have a victory doing something like dancing on a farm with the sticks without hitting the cows you're like see there are other ways to do this <laughs> we don't have to do things the same way just because that's the way it's always been done
2: <laughs> yeah I just went to what I do as a person and who I am as a person and you know yep. sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't but that day it worked and I was like I win <laughs>
0: That's amazing. Oh, my gosh. I love it so much. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing your farm fail and amazing victory (laughs) with us because that was so fantastic. Where can listeners find your podcast, the Rural Mindset Podcast, and find you
2: on the social medias. Okay. So you can find the Rural Mindset Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. And you can find me as the brand Erica, wherever you are. Basically, I'm on every platform under the the brand Erica.
0: Oh my gosh. I love it. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. (laughs) Awesome. Thanks
2: so much for having me.
0: Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this special episode with our guests, Ashley, Karen, and Erica. Just a reminder, there are links in the show notes to all of our guests' links on social media, where to find their podcast, as well as check out their website, follow them on Instagram and all of the good things. So you can get to the show notes for this episode by going to drinkandfarm.com slash 210. Yes, 210. I cannot believe that it has been 210 episodes. (laughs) All right. So At this point, we typically read a review, and we haven't had any new reviews in the last few weeks, but totally understandable. I know we've kind of changed the format up a little bit, and our timing has been a little funky, but we're getting back into a good groove. So rather than reading a new review, since we don't have one, I actually dug all the way back into the archives and grabbed the oldest review that we had. And I'm going to do that for the next several episodes until we get some more new reviews in so that we can put some of the people who have left us those older reviews into the hat to potentially win an exclusive coffee mug that is not and will never be in the shop. So if you want a chance at that, go ahead and go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. You can also send us a review to our voicemail, which is 401-426-3276 or 401-426-FARM. All right. Our first review was sent in by Flojo 4444. And it was sent on June 5th, 2018. I know I can't believe it's been that long too. (laughs) And she says, enjoy these ladies so much. I am a podcast junkie and an urban homesteader. So when I saw that two people I follow on Instagram were creating a podcast, I knew I had to give it a listen. So glad I did. I'm not much of a wine or beer drinker, but it doesn't matter. I feel like I know these ladies and enjoy the weekly chats they have. I really like the mini informational episode they put out on hatching eggs. It's fun to follow along on their farm adventures. Well, thank you Flojo for leaving us that wonderful review all the way back four years ago. I hope that you are still listening. I would love to know if you are, please shoot me an Message on Instagram. That way we can chat a little bit uh, because that would just be amazing. And if you haven't left us a review yet, be sure and do that. And if you have, don't worry. I'm going to start going through the old ones so that you can get put into that drawing. So, just a few housekeeping and announcements before we sign off today. Don't forget to send us your farming firsts. You can leave them on our voicemail at 401 426 farm. And you can type them up and email them to us. Our email address is drinkandfarm at gmail.com. We can't wait to read them and use them in a future episode. And make sure you take a look at the show notes to find links to all of our guests. Like I said earlier, you'll find those at drinkandfarm.com slash two 10 go give them a follow go listen to their podcast they are wonderful ladies and they are members of the positively farming media podcast network which is just a great group of food and farming podcasts that get together and we work on growing our shows and honing our podcasting skills so they are going to be great podcasts for you to listen to along with all of the other podcasts that are on the positively Farming Media Network. All right, until next time, drink, farm, and give zero clucks. Bye now. We drink things, we farm things,
2: we drink and farm things.
0: Have you checked out the Drink and Farm merch shop lately? It's time you do. The shop has just been updated with the latest designs, which means you can drink, farm, and give zero clucks in style. We have a great selection of quality tees, tanks, lightweight zip-up hoodies, notebooks, and so much more. Plus, every purchase from our shop supports producing this show, which means we can keep bringing you the content you love. To shop, go to drinkandfarm.com shop and Patreon peeps, don't forget you get a sweet discount on every purchase at the gifty peep tier and above. The link to Patreon is in the navigation bar in our shop, so you can learn more about joining or look up the latest code in a jiffy. That link again is drinkandfarm.com shop. And thanks for being here.